back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio, and today I have this gorgeous babe as my guest. Her name is Allison Cohen. She is the owner of, co-owner of Style Lounge, which is a salon in San Diego, not far from me. So welcome to the show, Allie. Woo! Um, we were just pre-talking before we hit record on here, um, just about the industry and kind of what we wanted to share with you guys. You guys know I'm like to dig deep into you know people's why and to how they got where they are and the whole premise behind this podcast is to bring you success stories from the industry and fortunately I've been around the block for a minute and I've been able to watch a lot of people grow and come up in this industry and I feel like it is my duty to share how they got there and Ali's story is one that um, I was telling her how uh, inspiring she is for me so to have her on here um, is quite the privilege I know you're busy so thank you for taking time to join us today of course, of course. I, right when Jessica asked me to share my story, I, I was telling her, I was like, I don't really get to do this often. And um, the world needs more people like Jessica to bring us all together. So I thank you. Oh, thank you. And I was telling her that I really felt disconnected after I had left a big salon. I, I felt like I had the family, I had the like people to bounce things off of, the inspiration to be around me. But once I left and moved into a smaller space, I really felt that that was lacking. And I really quickly realized how disconnected each salon is from the next. And, you know, I kind of grew up in that culture where we didn't share formulas, we didn't share all the stuff that's out on social media now. So to see that level of professionalism where you're going into detail, the process and as to why it costs so much and all that, um, it, it really makes me proud to be in this industry and to see people like you leveling it up, running a salon like you are, that like gives me faith that this industry like can stay at the level that it's grown into um, and really showcase that hairdressing is a true career versus I'm just a hairdresser. That's the stigma that like when I started out, I don't know about you, like it wasn't like, oh yeah, go to beauty school. That's a great idea. It was like, that's the job people do because they can't figure out what else they want to do. Yeah, you know, it was so crazy um, looking back and it's been kind of a, a blur and I get like super emotional talking about it because sometimes I think it's nice to like, you know, remind yourself like, where did you come from? Like, how did I get here? You know, you're just so used to like hustling and it's just a day-to-day -day thing. It was like a whole lifestyle. And then I'm like, whoa, like what actually happened? And what actually happened was I never said I wanted to do hair. Like that was never something like growing up that I was like, mom, I'm going to go do hair. You know, um, my mom is like really simple and she's like the most beautiful person in the world. And she just kind of like is a great mother and like does her own thing. And like, definitely, I think sometimes she depends like on men. And I was like growing up, I was like, I just want to like do whatever the fuck I want, when I want, like how I want it and like wear what I want, how, and you know, and I've always just been like unapologetically like myself. And, you know, I knew that I wasn't for everybody from a young age. <laughs> uh, I'm a cheerleader since for like, I don't even know how many years, maybe like 12. Wow. And so I'm used to working as a team. And, you know, you like pick up other people's slack, you know, sometimes. And you have courageous girl conversations. And like, um, I don't know, that's just like, a big part of who I am and my coach always taught me like God rewards hard work and I would just like keep those little things in the back of my head as like I live my day-to-day -day life and um at the time when I was like 18 my family was falling apart and I was like I need to go to school like 
like everyone in my high school went to school. And so I was like, I have to get into San Diego state. Like that's the school that I want to go to. And I got in with cheerleading. So I was on cheer and I like moved and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like I left my parents' house with like $400. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm going to go. And if I fail, like, I'm just going to come back home to Marietta. And so like, I just like went and I kind of just like removed myself from my family. And I was just like, in this, like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do and I'm going to have fun doing it. Bye. And it was crazy. Like I had a stack of job applications or it was like a bunch of resumes and, um, I just needed a college job. So I was on cheer. I was a full-time student. And then I was like, I need a college job. And I lived with six girls. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It was the freaking best. Anyways, it was, I have stories for days. So uh, I lived with six girls and like a two bedroom. I, Cause it actually was four. It was four. And then my other friend was miserable in Oregon. And then we just like let her in and then she just like stayed. Anyways, long story short, um, we always take care of each other. So uh, one of the job applications was for Halo Couture extensions. And I was walking through Fashion Valley Mall and there was a kiosk and I was like, I love Halo. I freaking hate my hair and need extensions. Like I should just work for a hair extension company. This is freaking great. So I dropped off my job application and then they called, it was like shoved in a drawer. I could tell, like, I didn't know if the girl was gonna actually give it to the manager or what. Anyways, long story short, I got the job. Freaking changed my whole freaking life. I was selling Halos at the mall and I was making more money than all my friends. I was making like a grand a week in college. And I was like, this is great. Like amazing. Yeah. Selling extensions in the mall. And by the way, I still have some of those clients today. Wow. I love that. So how old were you? When you were 19, 20 in college? Like how old were you at that time? No, I left my house at 17 and this was when I was 18. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you're selling extensions. You're going to college, you're cheering, you're doing all the things, staying busy, making money. How do we then finish? Did you finish college? No, so this is all my freshman year. Okay. okay, so my sales were really high. And Sage, my now business partner, um, worked at the uh, Mission Viejo Mall in Orange County. And I was Fashion Valley. And we were always competitive with our sales. You could watch it on the screen. It'd be like, oh, Sage 2000 today. Oh, Allie 2500. And it would like go up. And I was like, who is this bitch? Like, I'm going to kill her. And um, it was funny. So anyways, our sales were really high anyway. And then the owner was like, I think I had asked, I knew they did hair trade shows. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to sell on a larger scale. Like, of course I do. So anyways, I started working hair trade shows and I was talking to hairstylists and I was selling them wholesale accounts and we would travel everywhere. I felt like I was in the circus. We would travel to like Chicago, New York, Vegas. Um, I mean, we were Miami, we were everywhere. And I was doing this when I was 18 and I was learning like really important sales skills. I was learning how to speak to hairstylists. I was learning how to be myself and like tell the truth and like sell a product you believe in and don't overpromise yourself. Like all these things I was learning really young and I had like amazing women around me because my boss would hire the best fucking team 
and we were just like this girl gang and all of us still crush it in our own way and it changed my life forever and then so as I was talking to other hairstylists I was like I should just go to hair school and if I'm and if I freaking suck I'll just go back to college and whatever I'm young so I can do whatever I want amen so at the end of freshman year did you stop and then go to beauty school yeah oh my god I love this yeah and I paid for it all by myself um and so I took it seriously because I was like you know give it your all and if you really suck after that like maybe you shouldn't do it you know yeah were your parents for it at that point because you had kind of started off with school made your way found your way and kind of like proved yeah they were they were super proud they were because I mean and when I told my mom I was like hey I'm gonna go to hair school she was kind of just like are you sure you know and I was like well mom it's just a year so if I suck I promise I'll go back to school but I think she knew because I was kind of crushing it she like gained a little bit more confidence in me that like you know I do make good decisions even though I seem kind of la 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 I'm actually not you know you don't seem la 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 to me. That's a, maybe then you did. I don't know. You don't, you don't seem like that to me at all now. And I was telling you that before I was like, for someone as young as you are to be able to run a successful salon as big as you have, and to keep that going through what we've just gone through, like the worst year that we probably could have had, like that speaks volumes of like the training that you had. And I, I feel, um, I feel bad for women or men really that didn't have good mentors and leaders growing up. And I too was a cheerleader in high school and then coached cheer after I graduated back in high school. So I think when you get put on even teams, any team sports really, but especially cheer where you're able to use your voice um, kind of to, to kind of be unapologetic, you learn to kind of show up as yourself. And I think that's an interesting skill set that we share that um, I have always thought that it's helped me because I'm not afraid to like say what I want or say how I feel or what I need or how things should be. Like, and I'm able to speak up for other people, which is, I feel like you give a, a strong voice to your, your staff, which you have, did you have 25 people that you guys employ at the salon? Is that what you said? Yeah, right about maybe over. Wow, that's huge. That's a big space. So tell us the journey between going to beauty school and then becoming an owner of the salon. What, what happened in between there? Cause I think, like I said earlier, a lot of people see the after they hear about you went to school, but like, what did you have to go through to get where you are now? Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to put pressure on myself, but not like too much. So where I was like, I need to own a salon like tomorrow, like, like looking back, like I did a lot things a lot faster, but it wasn't like, it just happened that way. It wasn't like, I need this by tomorrow, you know? Um, so I knew I wanted to own my own business. I started to have more confidence in like my sales skills. And um, so when I was in school and I finished, I was like, I need to assist. Like, that's all I need to do. I need to just focus on something really special and who exactly I want to assist. And in my mind, I'm not going to name names or whatever, but there was one person and one salon that I wanted to go to. And um, I showed up there and I showed up really freaking cute. And I had my iPad and it had all my work on it that honestly wasn't great because no one in my school even knew what balayage was. And my teachers and I were trying to figure it out. Um, And one of my teachers actually works with us now. And I'm really grateful. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I was just, I wanted to learn. And so I showed up and I was like, I have to have this job. I'll do whatever I need to do. Like, this is the only place in San Diego I want to work, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I didn't get the fucking job. 
And I think my bumper on my car like ripped off the same day. It was just a horrible day. That you remember vividly. Yeah. But I was also like, he told me that I would have to quit Halo. But I was like, hey, I'll make sure that that schedule won't affect my new schedule, you know? But like, I had to make a living. And like, when you're an assistant, like you only get paid minimum wage. And like, you are kind of just shoved at the side. And like, that's what I've always watched. And that's what I never wanted to be. And so, oh, so I didn't get the job. <laughs> I'll drink to that. We should be having a margarita right now. I know, right? So then, um, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one of my friends from hair school, we were like BFFs. I had like my two gay BFFs and we were like obsessed with each other. Like I just like, we thrived, all three of us. It's like me, Blake, Eric, boom. And so Eric called me and was like, hey, um, I'm working at this place right now and I just feel like you should interview as well, whatever. And as I was interviewing for this assistant position, he got the job to be the assistant and he was like, I don't have another place for you, but I feel like you're, he's like, I feel like you should just be a stylist here and I can help you and coach you and you can just take your existing clientele that you already have here. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go with the flow. Anyways, I was freaking booked. I don't know how, like my girlfriends from cheer, my roommates, like all the blondes, I was already doing their hair from my house. I just needed a place to freaking do hair at this point. I was just like, all these people are holding me back. Like, I gotta go. Like these people, they need a full highlight. <laughs> it was a blessing in disguise that you didn't get the assisting job that you really wanted because you ended up getting it put on the floor before yeah. you thought you were ready and boom. Yeah. And boom, you better figure it out, you know? So, um, so yeah, any bit of money in the beginning of my career, I always put back into my business. So I would like be on Instagram and it was in the early stages where like some people were starting to share their tricks, but not really. Right. And then their 901, which was my favorite salon at the time, came out with their academy. And um, every I think I took every single course of theirs like literally every single course and my work started to get really freaking good, you know, but I fucked up a lot of hair in that first year, you know, people told me that I was good, but I, I don't, they were just really nice or something. And that's what, oh my God, I tell my, my assistant starting, I said, don't be afraid to fuck people's hair up. I'm like, they're going to come back to you because they want to see you. Like, I mean, there's a certain level of fuck up, but you know what I mean? Like, if you're not doing the best, best hair, it's not always about that. It's about the connection that you have with your clients. So just like stay true to being a really amazing person and give a great yeah. experience, even if the detail is not perfect. Yeah. And I always had amazing connections and relationships with my clients. And honestly, um, that's the only thing that keeps me going. I freaking love all of them. And sometimes I'm just like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. Like I would do this for free if I had all the money in the world. Totally. I feel like um, I'm not like really never dims. Okay. Um, so how do you stay so obsessed now currently? So now you're, you're in the position that you're in. Um, so like, what is it that keeps that drive? Is it just the connection with the clients? Is it the team that you've built? Like, what is it every day that like gets you so excited to show up? I think it's a combination of all of it. Um, well, I think I went from like, okay. So basically what happened is I opened up my two, my, 
Color by Alley. I had a studio and Sage worked for Halo and then came onto my team and I put her on commission. And then I had Gabe, who was my first employee. And then my friend Shannon came to work for me and I had two salon suites. I made one uh, washroom and I made one like our styling room. And we were already running a small salon. There was four chairs and it was already like, I knew I needed something bigger. And then Eric was my friend from hair school that worked at Style Lounge previously before Randy sold it. And he called me and was like, hey, Ali, there's a salon down the street and you need to she's like, he's like, you need to inquire, like, you got to buy this place. Like, and I knew I didn't want it alone. I knew I couldn't do this alone. Um, and so basically we called Randy and we, and whatever, Sage and I bought the salon and she was a perfect business partner to do this with, because I don't need all this all by myself. So people are like, you have 25 staff members and you take a full, you, you work X amount of days per week. Like, how do you do it all? One, we have a full manager. Two, I have a business partner that is just as crazy as I am. And like, you know, we're very yin and yang. Uh, Sage is very sometimes back end and she crunches numbers and she creates these schedules that are just, I would never think of them in like in a million years you know, and we really work together and we've learned how to work together because our brains just really are so different. Also, we've had four coaches. I've personally had four coaches, like business coaches, at business and life coaches. Yeah. I've had to freaking work so hard on myself and change certain things that I wanted to change to show up for my clients and for my staff. Mm. Old Allie couldn't coach this generation of what we have going on right now. There's no way. I had to be the strongest girl in the world. How do I be the strongest girl in the world? I need to be coached by the strongest girls in the world, you know? Oh my God. So like you're speaking to my soul right now because you know like the coaching aspect of all of this is what kind of changed the whole trajectory of like my life too and pushed me into wanting to coach and do this for other people. God, it feels so good to hear you say that because I think some of us feel like we just have it figured out or it's not, we're not worth it enough to invest in ourselves in that capacity. If it's not a technical class teaching me how to do a better balayage or a better color or this or that, like the personal development side, sometimes it's like, what's the tangible takeaway They want to see like you, you, you pay for something, you get it right. Whereas when you're doing personal development work, there's not really like, what's the after that you're going to get. That's all based on the person who does it. It's better than any purse I've ever bought, any shoe I've ever worn. It's the best thing I've ever paid for. However, I do think that market's really saturated right now in the personal development area. Um, I, I think that, you know, you should try out a few different coaches and see what's best for you at this point, you know, or sometimes you grow past certain coaches. You need something a little bit bigger or you know it's not even bigger it's like what's bigger okay it's like just a right fit for you you know level is you're, you're gonna be at a diff- everybody's gonna get you to a certain level a lot of times that's like relationships too right or you yeah. have salons or business or yep you get it yep you get it I do get it and, and I've experienced that myself too by hiring different people and then feeling like we hit a ceiling and it was time to move on to somebody else and that's what I tell people especially in this industry like do your due diligence is whoever is coming up as the coach or the leader or the person emulating somewhere you want to be. Because like you said, you, you found people that were playing bigger than you and you invested in them to help you become the person you are now. 
Like you don't go to the person who's not doing the things you're doing or wanting to do and ask them to be your coach. It just doesn't work that way. Obviously someone's got to have walked the walk before they can help you walk the walk. Yeah, totally. And there's no way in hell that you can have a salon and not work on yourself. Period. And actually, even for that matter, doing hair, if you don't want to work on yourself and I mean, even see a therapist, maybe once a week, like whatever you need to do, like, you know, I highly recommend. So what it, are some, like, like practices? Like, I know we don't have to get in the nitty gritty of what you needed to work on personally, but like, what would you say these coaches were able to help you work through in order to show up the way you are now? What was okay. Oh, I'm very used to now, like when things are uncomfortable, I'm so used to being comfortable because it's every day I'm put out of fire. It's just, but it's so natural for me now. Nothing really throws me off unless it's fucking major and horrific and really traumatic. Like I really keep my cool. I mean, I get annoyed and I can be bitchy and all that sometimes. And I don't mean to be, but I mean, naturally things tick me off, but like I, um, nothing's really that big of a deal anymore. I would say that's huge. Yeah. And that was huge because, you know, sometimes it's dramatic or, oh my God, that offended her. Like I really didn't mean to like, maybe you should go talk to her. Don't wait 40 or 48 hours. You need to talk to her right now. When something happens, you handle it right now. You don't put it on the back burner. Like we're going to have this huge talk in like a week. Like I'm different in a week. I don't even remember in a week. Like I need to handle it right now. And so nipping things in the butt sort of as they come, but in like a kind, graceful sort of way has worked a lot better for me than being like fucking pissed and like exploding on a person, which like, you know, I'm sure it happens, but a lot less often. Same, same. Oh my God, same. That I can so like channeling. So yeah, so like channeling my energy and like, it's not that I don't give a fuck. It's that like, I give fucks about things that like matter. And um, there's just certain things that like, I'm sorry, but my energy, like I can't, I don't even want to go there. Like, you know, that's everything. And that's something that I like when it comes to coaching and teaching, that is something that I try to really like embed in people is protecting your energy and knowing before things happen, how you would respond to that. So like when we establish non-negotiables and boundaries, it's like, what does that really mean? Like, what are you willing to put up with versus what are you willing to like sit in limbo about? Because you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that pissed me off. Should I take it? Should I take it? Or should I stay? Should I deal with shit like that? Like people you question everything uncertainty of like, you know, and you're like, if you already had boundaries, personal boundaries, and you had respect and you knew what was okay and what wasn't when shit like that happens, you're like, yeah, like you just said, I don't have time for that. Like, I can't, we can be cool, but we're not going to be close. Like put up the little boundary and then keep it pushing. And that's, what's cool about everyone running their own business inside your business is everyone's going to need a different version of you for them. You know, like you probably have some girls who need a lot of like appreciation yeah. accolades. They need you to hold their hand and tell them how amazing they are. And then some other girls probably come in work. They could give two fucks. They like show up, do what needs to be done and leave. Yeah. Like I'm like a chameleon now. I'm like, who do I need to be for this person today? You know? And it's like, they are so different and so special and unique in their own way and managing them. And to be honest, like, um, I don't manage them as much now because we have an amazing manager who's also done a lot of coaching. Yep. So I trust Katie, right? 
Katie Salvato. Yes, I know Katie. We go way back too. Katie's amazing. She's put a lot of time into growing herself too. So speaking of someone who walks the walk as well. Oh my gosh. So I went to hair school with our manager, Katie Salvato. Um, and that I'm really weird with like God things. Like I felt like timing is everything and she didn't know I needed a manager. Me and Sage needed a manager. And um, she just like showed up one day. It was crazy how it all happened, but it was definitely beautiful and meant to be. And so anyways, Sage and I have been doing a ton of coaching. We were like, oh my gosh, like our staff needs this. We will have, we will do whatever we need to do to afford this. And we need our manager to coach as well. So Sage and I did a three-day seminar in La Jolla with a coach named Michelle Saul. Um, it was pretty rigorous and, and it changed our lives and we wanted our manager to take it as well. Um, and so our manager took the course and, um, it was the best thing we've ever done. And we learned, um, about limiting beliefs and about things, um, that are holding us back and we don't even realize it that are from our childhood or just, you know, things that we really need to get past so that we can move forward. And I feel like once I knew what those things were in my life and how I sh showed up every day, I was like, oh, I sort of like started to understand how life works. And I was like, it's just a lot bigger than, um, and it takes a lot of work. It wasn't just, oh my God, I did a three-day seminar and now here I am. I'm a different it, person. No, yeah, it's not all rainbows. No. It was like, I need to take that once a year to remind myself, like, and it was like, I practice it every day, every day. And those skills and those, the terminology, like there's a name for, you know, feeling bad about yourself. It's called self-doubt. There's a name for it, mm -hmm. you know? And it was like, um, just something that I needed to practice every day just like you show up work out every day and you eat healthy and you like take care of yourself like that's what people don't get about the personal development portion and I didn't either I thought oh I read that book like I'm good or I listened to that podcast I'm better now like you there's a difference between knowing and then implementing and doing and that's the thing like people can talk about getting healthy or getting in shape or whatever but if you don't put the work in every single day like and that's what I mean about creating non-negotiables you just now saying that you can't just take one course and you're forever changed. Like you have to keep reiterating those beliefs into your brain. Cause we've been conditioned from a young age, yeah. all the things that did hold us back and our parents did the best they could with what they had. Right. Like looking back, like you just, your mom sounds like an amazing human. My mom is too, but she had me at 17. Like she didn't know the fuck she was doing. Oh my God. Same. Our parents are just people. Yeah. They don't know. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, I, um, you know, I have some family that like, they've let the, those childhood you know, experiences shape them and ruin their adulthood because they can't have good relationships. They can't be good, you know, employees or bosses or any of the things. And until you do work like this and get through those things that you might not want to like deal with, um, that's when real magic happens. And that's when no matter what job you're in, no matter what career you're doing, you will be successful because you won't be in your own fucking way anymore. And it's like, never the other, like if you are blaming outside situations for the reason why you don't have what you want in your life, you it's like usually you gotta go inward and be like where the fuck am I doing to make this keep happening and those are conversations that are really hard to have and um really hard to deal with yourself because it's so much easier to blame 
outside situations. So like yeah. moments where you're triggered or you're a bitch at work or like shit's not going your way. You're like, what, what alley needs to come out right now to fucking handle this situation. And like, even just like you said, what do they need me to be today? How do I need to show up today in order to, to make, to make this work? Like you not making it about you is what makes you have a successful business. I mean, I'm sure you know that, but like, that's what I see even in what you've just shared. Like people don't realize that, um, yeah, usually it's just us that's in our own way. Yeah. And it, I learned about, uh, you know, victim mentality and accountable perspective. And let me tell you. Accountable perspective. Share that. What's that? What's that one about? Holding yourself accountable for your actions and living that, you know, it's like, sorry, my bad. Like that's all you have to do. And it takes off all the pressure, you know? And it's like, it's really hard for some people to say like, I'm sorry, like I messed up. Like I'm not perfect, you know? And like own it. You want to know why? Cause that's really a hard place to, you know, it's a hard place to be, you know? And, and it's uncomfortable in the beginning. And now I'm always like, I'm sorry, my bad. I'm sorry. But like, it's okay. It's okay. No one's mad at you. People are mad at you. If you're like, you know, blaming poor freaking me. Like that, like that world, I just, it freaking kills me. It, it bothers me. I'm angry, but I also am like more sad for that person. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like, and I, I don't really feel that bad because I think sometimes people are really lazy to do this work. It's so much easier to sit back and talk shit than it is to get up and do it. And I just don't want to ever sit there and talk a bunch of shit. You know, it's just, it's too exhausting. It doesn't do anything. It's hurting you. Like you really need to hold yourself accountable, get up, be a big girl, say sorry when you need to. And, and I'm not perfect, you know? I mean, I, I just, I try and keep these things in the back of my mind because it matters. It does matter. So walk us through, like, and I'm just going to touch on really quick, the fact that you, your partner and your manager. So all three of the most important people of the salon, which the staff is just as important, but the leaders all got on the same page, learned the same language and are applying the same tools. Like that's the, building a foundation when you build on quicksand, when things just kind of work and you're not quite sure how they got there, but you're like, okay, it looks good from the outside. We're, we're making money, but we're not quite sure how, like, and then one thing goes wrong if you guys aren't set up to win and you don't have that foundation as that team, like that's when shit falls apart. That's when I see over my 20 years, partnerships come to dissolve or salons close or, you know, checks are bouncing or all of a sudden you have a walkout or some bullshit like that. Like it's because that foundation wasn't there. Like people ask me all the time when like I get interviewed, what do you think makes a great salon leader? What do you think makes a great owner? What do you think makes a great environment? And I'm like, it starts with the leaders. Like you set the tone for everything and how you handle things is what's most important. You know what I mean? Like I've always felt like it's so much easier to keep like the clients, but the staff that you have happy versus trying to refill a 10 person walkout or something crazy like that. Yeah. And I think it's uh, communication. Um, and, and I want, and you know, we've had people that have left us. We've had, we, nothing major. Um, and all of them, I'm, so incredibly proud of like I'll look at their stuff and I'm like yeah like at one point in time you know you were at style lounge and and for whatever it was and 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 a little bit 
of what our culture was is will be inside of that person forever. And like, I can go to sleep at night knowing that, you know, maybe I wasn't the perfect person at that time, but every year I promise as a leader that I will step up my game, you know, and, um, communication, if you know how to communicate properly, you can truly do anything. And, and if you can encourage that in your culture and we do encourage that in ours and sometimes they're a little too vocal and I'm like, okay, I want them to communicate, but now it's a lot. <laughs> You're like, a or your mom, come on. I'm like, I know I said communicate, but enough. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, it's never enough. But I always like, well, if I don't know the answer or I want to like make that person happy, I have learned to stop, pause, observe, and then proceed with kindness and compassion. Like if I need to stop and be like, okay, you know what? Let me go think about that. Talk to Sage and really think about that, whatever it was. Um, and I, and then I can come back with like a for sure answer that I wasn't just like, okay, make her happy. Just like give her whatever, because we wouldn't have a business. Literally. I would take the shirt off my back for somebody. Like that's the type of person that I am. I'm a people pleaser. I say yes to everything. I overcommit, but I'm a lot better now. I, I still do all those things, but I'm better now. Um, you learned to put some boundaries up around saying yes to everything. It's the fact that you can just take a simple step and not say yes or no right away and just pause and go check in with her. That's huge. Oh, huge. Because I'd be like, yeah, exactly. Well, that was like already like a game changer, but these things took, like we've been in business for three years now, which is crazy. Sage and I bought this lawn at 23 or 26 now. So it was like, we were growing up and we were getting used to like, you know, having a payroll that comes out bi-weekly, you know, and all these things and making our staff happy, but also educating them, but taking our own clients and then checking on management. And it was just like all these moving parts that were just like really freaking crazy, you know? Yeah. It was a lot. And then also like, you know, we're young, we want to party, we want to go on trips, and we want to live our lives. And as we freaking should, just because I'm a salon owner or a business owner doesn't mean that I'm a freaking slave for 24 hours a day. You know, I'm not. And I can check out and know you're not going to make me feel guilty for buying a shirt or whatever I need to do. Like, you know, it's like I put in my work, I show up, I do my job and everyone around me needs to as well. I love Bottom that. Line. Yes. Or else I'm not a fit. Right. Oh, there you go. And I love that. And that's what I was saying to you before we like hit record was like, you have set up these boundaries. I feel like, um, even just from an outside, like if it doesn't fit, if it's not a fit, like that's cool. Like you go somewhere else. And I've talked to other salon owners that had a hard time. It was like, they just wanted to get butts in the seats as far as like getting staff in there. And it wasn't really about like who that person was and if they were a right fit, it was like, we need to get these booth renters in there and like, let's just put whoever together. And if you are putting people together that you know probably won't work well together. That's, you're doing yourself a disservice at the end of the day. And exactly. So yeah. I knew from the beginning, so talking about like hiring and Sage and I, um, Sage and I know that we could afford our expenses, her and I alone. We were like, we're never gonna let this place fail. Like, 
you and I, no matter what, if, if it was just us with our assistants and we took over this whole freaking place and we had to literally do everyone's hair, like that's what we're going to do. But we will not have somebody in here that's just going to suck us dry. Like, you know, and, um, our staff is so amazing. And I think like you attract your staff, but you have to be that. And you have to be like, like-minded, like you have to want to up your game every year. You have to want to um, share your formulas or pick up your crying friend next to you or like all of that, you know, yeah. and work together. And um, I love watching certain team members grow and little things like wear off on them. And I'm like, oh, that makes me so happy. Like, or I want to see them drive up in a new car and all that, you know, like I want them to be so successful, you know, and not forget where you came from either or stomp on people, you know, um, I've had a ton of people in my life that I'm just like, I just want to give credit to, you know, like, but I'm also not going to sit there and be like, I'm going to owe it all to you. I don't ever want my staff to be like, oh, Allie, Allie, you taught me everything, like all because of you. It's like, no, I don't need that. You know, I don't need all that a lot it's not you wanted it you showed up here you put in the work and I helped guided you and don't ever forget that but you know definitely definitely that's amazing I I oh, I feel like you and I could talk about business and culture and like growing a team and all of that do you have a process for when people start at the salon like what is it that you guys look for when you're hiring okay I don't want this to like come off like rude or anything like that but to be honest, we they, our staff has come to us. I've never really been like, maybe a few times for like front desk where I've never been like stylist wanted, you know? Um, and so what, does, always, what does that look like when they show up? How do they like, do yeah, you, what's yeah. the process like? How do you know if they're right? I need a resume. We have this like whole um, like questionnaire that they're going to fill out the first time they're going to have a meeting with our manager, then they will maybe meet an owner. Um, then if we love them, we will have them do a 30 day trial period. And I want them to interview me as well. Like, you know, see if I'm a fit for you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be around me? <laughs> like it's, it's rough. It's not all great. You know? Like, I think they just see like the shiny and the fun and cause we are so fun and wild. Like it, it's fast paced and they say that they like a fast paced lifestyle until they're in it, you know? So I'm like, why don't you just like be in it for 30 days and see if you still want this after that. Um, and then, then yeah, we'll offer them a position. I love that. That's everything. And I, that's interesting because I, I found like you know, new stylists coming in always think that they have to be so perfect and be the one to interview, get interviewed versus I'm always like, no, you need to do your due diligence and go and see if they're a right fit for you. Like, even when I have people come and want to work at the salon I'm at now, I'm like, this is, I don't over promise anything. I'm like, I've literally created a WeWork space where if you're a, like an independent stylist who could show up and wipe their, you know, own, you know what, like, this is a spot for you. Like I'm past the point of like being able to like, do what you're doing at that level. And so I feel like every salon's gonna offer you something different. So depending on where you're at in your career, like I had two girls come that wanted to leave a commission salon that they were at 
and they were both just super nervous. And I said, listen, just use me as an ally and a friend, like ask me questions. I'm like, but go see what other salons are out there. I feel like you guys need a lot more support and you need a lot more handholding as much as I want to say yes to you. And I want those chairs filled. I knew I would be doing them a disservice by letting them work there. I knew they needed more. And so they both happily found somewhere else to work and I couldn't be more excited for them. But you know, it made me want to shift what I was, I was like, oh, maybe if I just took on two more people and I did this and then I could help them. And I'm like, no, I'm at a place where in, in my career, this is what I, how I want to show up too. So like when, when I said that to them, like, go see what other salons are out there. They were like, no, why aren't you giving us a hard sell right now? And I'm like, because I see that you're in a different place. And if I was in your shoes, what would I want someone to say to me? I want them to tell me, go look and see what else is out there. Like, you know what I mean? And so I think anyone looking to start in a new salon, if you're fresh out of school, if you're looking to build, if you want to be around people that are really successful, finding the salon that has a home and a, and a family like you guys, like that is like the most incredible place that you could set yourself up for if you're just starting out in the industry. Or if you're looking to kind of grow that family, I feel, I feel like we spend eight to 10 hours, four or five days a week with these people. Like you need to get somewhere where you feel like you, you are a part of that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think you guys do an amazing job. All the team building stuff you do for the staff, like that's important. I feel like a lot of salon owners don't, don't see the value in that. And man, when, when I worked at salons in the past that did do that, you would do anything for the people that you worked with. Like you would do, like, it was like, who's off now? Oh, you, okay. You, I guess I haven't talked to you in a week. Let's go get a drink. Like just being able to like share with them and you know, if somebody needed help, like that kind of that culture, that is something that's very unique in our industry. Um, and yeah. I think you probably have a lot of really successful girls in your salon. Do you think a lot of people are close to, or making six figures in your salon? Oh yeah. Yeah. And very early. I love that. That just makes my heart like, yes. Yeah. And okay. very early. Like I always say, like, I can teach somebody how to make six figures like in a year. Yeah. Like, like I know I've done it countless times. I can count on my finger at least, I mean, I don't even know, but like eight of people that I've trained that I know for a fact crunch six figure numbers. Yep. It is possible. More than I like, it's crazy. It is possible, but you have to want it too, you know? Um, you have to want it. I also realized this. So, yes, we are a commission based salon. Now we do have runners. I had to switch the business model because I was like, and me and Sage like talked about it. We would go back and forth. Like, we don't even want to coach these girls anymore. Like, it's just too much. I don't care about money. Like, just fuck it. Make it all rental, you know? And it was like, no, no. You want to know why? Because there's people that need structure. You can't just go out and go straight to rental. You can't. There's no way. Like, there is a way for me but barely and it took me so much longer like if i had a style lounge back then holy shit i don't even know but like now we have a business model where i want everyone to grow so now it's a minimum of two years on commission before you can have the option to go rental I like that. yeah and it's gold because I feel like you can actually have a decent clientele on your wing. You're not stressed if your books are full and you know the amount of the number that you need to hit and you know what you're spending on products. Like it's, it's really when I say like, like when salons take like 50%, 40%, whatever that number is, like if you see the orders that come through, they're freaking massive. You know, you better be booked at least three, four clients a day 
to buy all your own shit, you know, and pay the taxes on it. And if you have an assistant, the payroll on that, like, I mean, if you would like me to map it out for you, I will, you know, so I know, I know it's preached to him, Allie. Um, you know. And if someone wants this kind of coaching, you are in San Diego, this is a salon you should be at because that's what you'll get if you work for someone like that. And that's the kind of thing when you are running a commission salon in order to help people grow like that, that's when it's a hundred percent, I think someone's best interest to be working commission, especially from the job. If you're in the beginning, early stages of building your business, that's what I did. I think I worked commission for three ish years. And it was in that time that they didn't have a business model set up to where I could grow into renting. And no one did, no one. And so I give you mad props for, for making that transition in your business, even though that wasn't the business model, you saw a need and you were like, I don't want these girls to leave. And if the only thing that's making them leave is because they can't be renters and run their own. Okay. Well, let me, let me figure that out. Within reason. I want you to be a badass. If I don't think you're ready to go rental, I don't think you're ready. Right. You know, you can think you're ready and you're just not, you know, numbers don't lie either. Like you can look at a simple book of business and know if someone's ready or not. But it's not even just numbers because I know that our girls hit numbers. It's not just numbers. It's consistent numbers. It's how you speak to your clients. It's the detail work. Like it's the, it's the whole, it's all of it. It's not just a numbers thing. You know, it's like, okay, you were on commission for a year. You're not ready after that. Rarely. Yeah. Rarely, you know, but after the two year mark, I feel like some people are, and some people aren't, you know, and some of our commission stylists make more than our runners or whatever. Like, it's just whatever you want your lifestyle to be, I want to cater to that as a business owner. Like, you know, do you want to work X amount of days and make this? Okay, cool. Like, let's get you there. Or do you want to work and just do your own freaking thing and make your pricing this and X amount and boom, here, you know? Right. Um, and I like them growing up around all of us and then having the opportunity to run your own business within hours. Like, I love that. And honestly, it's much better this way. Um, and I think a lot of salon owners, commission style owners should be a little more open to this because I do think that that is an end goal for a lot of people. So, and I love them and I don't want to see them go, but if they do go, I'm like, you better be a badass forever. So, boom. I love that. I love that energy. Oh my God. Um, okay, so this podcast too is all about helping people take care of themselves prevent burnout in this industry what are some things that you do in off out of the salon to take care of yourself like I know you work out I know you eat healthy like I see you showing up consistently on social media which is like putting your business out there for people to see what you do meaning like your work but your personal life like what are some things that you do to take care of yourself that you would you know share with others that could help them yeah, I think everyone is so different. So figuring out what it is that recharges you, like what makes you feel the most alive and like the happiest. Like for me, I'm so social. I'm like an extreme extrovert. Like I only need like a little bit of like alone time, which I know I, my bath time is I'm so super weird. I'm like a bath freak. And I really think, and I write a bunch of notes in the bath. Like that's just something that I do. Um, I like to work out. I need like a routine, I will say, very routined. And 
I love to be with my friends and my family and my boyfriend. We just like go so hard. And we're just like, where are we going to go next weekend? Or what do we want to do? Like, what do we want to eat? Where do we want to go? You know, I think that makes us feel really alive, which has been hard during this pandemic, but we still manage. Um, and what else? Yeah, just making time for those things that make you feel the most alive. Totally. Like for me, I've worked many Saturdays. Like I don't work weekends, like unless emergencies, like, and really, I still really don't. What is your schedule like now personally behind the chair? Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, four days, but it was three days all last year, but now I'm like, okay, it's holidays. I want to get out, get in all my clients and our managers to the point where, you know, she, I trust her so much. Like she can just, she's got these girls back, right. you know, so that I can do hair. I think I'm really passionate. I love doing hair behind the chair and I don't think I'll ever stop that. Um, not that I don't like managing. I do, but I don't like the day-to-day stuff. Like, sorry that so-and-so didn't do her zone that day. Like, I really don't want to go over there and be like, why didn't you fold those towels? Like, I just, that's not, I don't have time for this shit. You'd rather be doing deep in a balayage yeah. and make your client happy. So talk to us about how, these, um, cause I've seen you've been doing a few celebrities recently. And I was like laughing because I know that like a lot of people that is something that they'd like, I want to be a celebrity stylist, or I want to get my hands on, you know, hair. That's maybe not just in my own chair. Like, how do you get, um, around or invited to doing hair for somebody like this few people? I don't know if we're allowed to name. I mean, you post some of it on social, but, um, how did, how did they come to be your clients? Yeah. Um, I love all my referrals. And one of my clients is friends with her, Emily from the housewives and which I freaking grew up in Orange County. And then I moved to Marietta, but I've been watching the Orange County housewives for a long time. I didn't watch this last couple seasons, but, um, it's always been a dream of mine. And to be honest, they were just like, put me in a group chat and was like, literally Emily meet Allie and it just happened and she loved her hair. I'm doing her hair every six weeks now. And she's an awesome human being and a mother and she's just a normal person and she doesn't give a fuck. And, and I love that about her. And yeah, me neither. That, that goes back to like attracts like, and I feel like that's like who you are. And that's how we started this whole conversation. And I saw Natalie Jill Fit was in, um, in the other day too, her and I are, six degrees of separation through Lori Harder. But um, I think it's so cool that like when you show up like that, you end up getting clients back in the chair that are like that too. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with my clientele right now. And it's taken me a really long time to like get to this point, you know, where like, you know, if you're really miserable doing someone's hair, like you don't have to, you know, and again for the people in the back. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, and I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect stylist. I can't make everyone happy. And, but I can genuinely say like my consistent clients that have been my clients for a while, like I'm obsessed with you and I appreciate you guys. And like, they're just the only thing that really keeps me going. Um, and Natalie was referred to me as well. And they're just loyal and they're respectful and they trust me. And they want my honest opinion, which you're always going to get it if you really want it. <laughs> so one last thing before we wrap up, because I feel like we could just chat for hours. 
what is something you would say to somebody who's looking to get into the industry? What would be like best practices? So if someone's on the fence, maybe they're not getting the support they need, but they do are interested in becoming a hairdresser or getting into the industry. Like what are some words of advice you'd leave for someone who's like thinking about joining our industry? Yeah. Um, notice that on Instagram, it's a lot of highlights. It's not actual life, real life. Um, and I recommend that they maybe work a front desk position. I feel like a front desk position, you're gonna, you're gonna hear it on those phones. <laughs> like you're gonna hear you the every day and you're gonna see it, the real life. Um, just do it for like, I don't know, six months to a year. And if you don't have that time, then maybe like take someone to coffee that's a stylist that you look up to or um I don't know I feel like guys I feel like because that's how I started out I was a front desk when I was in high school and then we hung around at the salon and it wasn't until somebody was like hey you guys should go to beauty school that my friend was like we should go and we should try this as a real job and I thought I remember knowing I had a knowingness that I was like this is not the kind of salon I want to work in though like this isn't this is the version that they talk about this not being like a real job it was like just a, a supercuts but it didn't have the word supercuts on it and I was like yeah. yeah this isn't my vibe like um this isn't what I'm showing up for and so that's when my mom was like well if you're going to take this seriously like you're going to go work in the best salon in San Diego which happens to be here so as a great mom she's like I'll start to go get my hair done there and then you know it ended up working out so um, I think when people get into the business, it's like finding, finding a culture or something that, you know, you can kind of grow into too, and just staying around people that inspire you, not going to what's the easiest or the, or the quick fix, like no. something that you can really build. Totally. But I also think like these expectations from the younger stylists are psychotic sometimes. It, please explain. Cause I, I, I'm a little out of touch with that. So like give, give an example. Like they think they're going to step in and have a full book or they think they're going to step in and only have clients that have hair like yours or what, like, what do you mean? What do I mean? Like, you know, let's say you do get a front desk position. Okay. Let's just say this girl comes in she gets a front desk position and she's like, oh my God, it's just so fast paced in here. Like there there's this person wants a regloss and like, we have to order two things of extensions. And like, it's just so crazy. It's like, yeah. And it's never going to stop. And that's life. This salon isn't perfect. You know, we do the best we can. We're busy. And and this comes with it. So I think like a lot of people don't understand. Okay, if it's the best salon, what comes with the best salon? A lot of people, high expectations, um, money on the line sometimes, you know, it's not all fun and games, you know? And I think sometimes they're like, wait, okay, now I need the best salon. And it's like, oh, well that salon and this salon. And it's like, they're so hard on the salon. Gotcha. You're so hard on the salon, you know? I think also too, what I'm hearing you say too, is like, I think people think they're just gonna come in, answer a few phone calls and sweep a little bit of hair. It's like, there's so much more to running a salon business than people even realize. That's why, yeah. that's why even like some of my assistants that I've had in the past, when I put them to work, I'm like, oh, oh, you didn't think I work? Like I, I work, like I'm doing 10 okay. a day back to back. Like you have no idea. Oh, our front desk 
I'm like, you guys have the hardest job in this place. Like, I love them. Shelby is our front desk coordinator, and she's also our assistant manager to Katie. So Katie and her work together on everything. And I mean, she gets shit done. She's fast. She doesn't forget things. She writes things down constantly. She's on it, you know, and she cares a lot. And I think finding a front desk who cares, like, really matters. And um, she... She does a great job and I commend her. I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. It's, it's a job in itself. Um, and that's the real style lounge, you know, like. It takes all of you to run that. It takes a village. It takes all of us. Yeah. That's everything. Oh my God. Thank you so much for your time. This was so good. I hope, I hope people could find themselves in this story, no matter where you're at in this industry, whether you're just starting out, if you're a new stylist. If you're looking to get into the industry or if you're old school like me 20 years like um i think your passion for this industry and the way that you show up is really refreshing and authentic and i appreciate you and thank you for your time um keep leveling up our industry like you have because it really like makes me feel so good to still be a part of this industry and want to like give back in whatever way i can too um so yeah way to just like show the fuck up and be a true boss and yeah yeah especially how young you are i'm like if i could go back 15 years oh my gosh thank you so much and thank you for even giving me this opportunity and um i hope it helps other people and they can always message me um i do sage and i do want to offer some coaching pretty soon we're just you know, we got to focus on our staff and then we can go out and teach the world and all of that. Um, so that's definitely something that I see in the future because I have a passion for giving back as well. And, um, and I feel like more people should. So. I agree. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Keep sharing. And where can people find you on social media? It's just your My name. Instagram is color by Ali. And then our salons is style lounge and then Sage who co-owned Style Lounge with me, who I couldn't live without, Sage Wynn, or Sage Soul, because she's getting married. I know. It's big. It's a big deal, okay? That's awesome. Oh, my yeah. God. Just keep shedding that good stuff, girlfriend, because it's contagious, and it makes everyone just want to be around you. So I really, really appreciate you, and thank you guys so much for joining us here. If you love this episode, please share what your takeaways were and tag us on social media. Give Allie and I a shout out and tell us your takeaways. And we'll see you guys on the next one.